Hello and welcome to the Herbert Smith Freehills Capital Markets Podcast, a six-part series looking at transactional trends through a legal lens. I'm Amy Waddington and with me today to talk about wall crossing are corporate partners Charles Howarth and Mike Flockhart. Wall crossing is a concept that most of our listeners are probably very familiar with, but as a very brief refresher, we're talking about the disclosure of inside information about a potential transaction to a selected group of investors on a controlled basis. Wall crossing has been common practice in the market for years, but then in 2016, the Market Abuse Regulation, or MAR, came into force and switched things up a bit. Charles, how did MAR change things with respect to wall crossing? Um, Well, the reality is probably not that much in substance, but wall crossing was already a well-established practice. But what MAR did was introduce for the first time a formal regulatory framework for the conduct of wall crossing, which it calls market soundings. And where is that formal regulatory framework found within MAR? Uh, it's in Article 11 of the Market Abuse Regulation um, under market soundings. But I thought it was the case that Article 11 was voluntary, in other words, a safe harbour. So isn't it just a matter of risk appetite and prudence as to whether or not to comply with it? Yes, I mean, the, there is a view that can be taken, and it's probably the better view, that the MAR market soundings regime under Article 11 is voluntary and provides a safe harbour for the selective disclosure of inside information. But the way Article 11 is written, it looks prescriptive and mandatory, and regulators would like or seem to like want to treat it that way. And market practice is pretty much treating it as a mandatory compliance regime when it is extending to its disclosing inside information. Okay, thanks. So does MAR define what constitutes a market sounding? Yeah, MAR defines a market sounding as a, a communication of information prior to the announcement of a transaction in order to gauge the interest of potential investors in a potential transaction and the conditions relating to it, such as potential size or pricing. So a market sounding is a type of wall crossing, benefits, as we said, from an automatic safe harbour from the relevant MAR offence of unlawful disclosure of insider information, so long as that disclosure is made in full compliance with the procedural requirements of the safe harbour. That means that such a disclosure will be deemed in the normal course, in the normal exercise of employment professional duties and will therefore pass the test for permissible selective disclosure. It's important to note that the marking sounding regime also covers companies proposing takeover bid or merger. So when such a company is looking to ascertain the willingness of investors to tender shares, with investors who are needed in order to ascertain whether to go ahead with the takeover or merger, that is something that will come within the regime. Okay, thanks. So I think what I'm understanding is that the market sounding regime sits underneath this requirement to make a sounding in the normal exercise of employment professional duties, and that within that it provides a safe harbour. If you comply with those prescriptive requirements, you, you, you meet the requirements of the safe harbour and your disclosure is justified. So you said that a market sounding is a communication of information. Who is it that communicates that information? Who is it that needs to be aware of the relevant rules under MAR? Well, the person making that communication might be the issuer, it might be an offeror selling shares in the secondary market, or a third party, such as an investment bank, acting on behalf of an issuer or offeror. The jargon under MAR for the person making the disclosure is disclosing market participant, or DMP. And can you take us through what a DMP would need to think about in assessing whether they need to comply with the Article 11 market sounding regime? 
Well, obviously, the first question a DMP giving information to investors needs to think about is whether um, what he's doing is actually conducting a market soundly for our purposes. In order for this to be the case, first of all, the securities in question must come within the scope of MAR. And what do you mean by that? What is within the scope of MAR? Well, Article 2 of MAR restricts its application to financial instruments that are admitted to trading on three types of markets. EU-regulated markets, multilateral trading facilities, MTFs, such as AIM, or organised trading facilities, OTFs. Or in the case of regulated markets or MTFs, financial instruments which admission to trading has been requested, so before they are actually admitted to trading, and other financial instruments whose price or value depends on or has an effect on the price or value of securities listed on the three types of markets I just talked about. Okay, that sounds really broad. Are there any obvious cases where MAR doesn't apply? Well, obviously, from the answer I previously gave, um, securities that are not admitted to trading anywhere. Um, and not within the scope and otherwise it doesn't apply in cases such as um, pre-marketing contacts so in an IPO or a debut debt issuance by an unlisted company in each case where the issuer doesn't have a listed parent or major shareholder and has no other securities that come within the scope of MAR or in relation to a transaction that wouldn't be expected to affect the price of the issuer's securities that are in the scope of MAR or again, a transaction in which the DMP can confidently conclude that the contact is not intended to gauge interest in a possible transaction and the conditions relating to it. Finally, where there's been a public announcement already of the transaction in question that covers all the information that's going to be given pursuant to the market sounding. Okay, so that's all about referring back to the definition of market soundings to work out when it applies and when it doesn't. So if you're in a situation where it doesn't apply, can you completely ignore the market-sounding regime, Charles? Well, not quite, because it may not be easy to be satisfied that the circumstances are sufficient to ignore the market-sounding regime. For instance, if you have a company that isn't investment-grade, that has debt to trade on a regulated market or MTF, the information that it is considering an IPO might affect views of the issuer's creditworthiness. Or where you have a potential IPO candidate that has a listed parent, an early look meeting at which there's no discussion of pricing or issue or order size might still result in the investor's contact having inside information in relation to the parent, i.e. that it's planning an IPO of the group company. That's the sort of mischief that MAR and the market sounding regime was actually designed to curtail. Okay, so let's say that you are within the scope of MAR and you want to comply with the market soundings regime. What does the Article 11 Safe Harbour actually require? Mike, perhaps you could talk to me about that. Um, Sure, Amy. The safe harbour requires that the disclosing market participant, which can be the issuer itself, but more usually is a bank or broker acting on the issuer's behalf, uh, does the following things. Firstly, they have to specifically consider whether disclosure involves a disclosure of inside information and make a note of their findings. Then they must obtain the consent of the person they're intending to market sound um, uh, to, to receive the inside information. And in doing so, they must inform that person that they are going to be prohibited from using the information in connection with dealing or or cancelling or amending any orders to deal in the relevant securities. Uh, And then fourthly, they must inform the person that the market sounded that they're obliged to keep the information confidential. Uh, Much of that would have been done under the old wall crossing regime in any event, but there are just more prescriptive rules here uh, around the the, the record retention uh, and and noting the various factors being done in, in a particular order. 
Um, a record must be kept of all the information given in the market sounding process and retained for five years. Quite commonly, that's done by using a recorded line and retaining the, the record of the call. Uh, but it could also be done by way of taking a transcript or a detailed note of the conversation. Uh, and then in due course, the disclosing market participant must inform the other person when the information they have been given is no longer inside information. Okay, that sounds really onerous. How is it managed in practice? In practice, those institutions which regularly conduct market soundings on behalf of clients, I'm thinking here um, predominantly the large investment banks and, and brokers, um, have established compliance procedures to manage the process uh, and they ensure that their teams comply with those requirements. Th- these include scripts, uh, policies, pro forma um, uh, records that they can can roll out and use in every um, wall crossing. And of course, the, their staff are very familiar, very experienced with the process, uh, which also helps. Um, These scripts, etc., are reviewed on a case-by-case basis because every sounding is slightly different, taking into account the specific facts of the sounding and to ensure compliance with the regulation on the facts in each case. Thanks, Mike. And are there any restrictions on the number of people who can be market-sounded in any given case? This is a question that comes up fairly frequently, Amy, that there's no numerical restriction. It just needs to be considered on a case-by-case basis. In each case, the disclosing market participant needs to have considered whether it's reasonably necessary to conduct the market sounding, having regard to the purposes set out in Article 11, to which Charles referred earlier. Now, we are aware of cases where, where more than 20 investors have been wall-crossed, but these are and, and will be relatively rare. Banks take into account factors such as the concentration of the shareholder register, their knowledge of the investor base and likely intentions, their sophistication and the extent to which it is necessary to establish a high level of support for the finance of a transaction before concluding the the right number of uh, investors to wall cross in each, each given case. Okay, a lot to think about. And do you need to watch out for any other issues if you're going to disclose inside information? Uh, yes. Well, uh, as you know, the starting position is that where an issuer possesses inside information, that information needs to be announced to the market as soon as possible. So if you are looking to, dele- to disclose selectively to the market by way of a market sounding, an issuer must be satisfied that it meets the specific conditions set out in MAR for delaying the disclosure of inside information. Um, for example, um, the issuer would have to maintain an insider list and keep a record of the delay. So, so one of the conditions for delay is that confidentiality can be maintained. And therefore, assuming that you've met all the other conditions for delay, you, an issuer can only selectively disclose information by market sounding to a recipient who actually owes it a duty of confidentiality, provided it's also in the normal course of employment professional duties, as we've discussed earlier. So the confidentiality condition would obviously most easily be satisfied by adhering with the procedural requirements of the market sounding safe harbour. Okay, thanks, Charles. Mike, is it possible for any of these requirements to apply in the context of private M&A? Yes, if the transaction is being funded by an equity raise, or less commonly if the target has listed debt or other relevant securities to which um, MAR applies. It's worth noting, though, that even if that's not the case, for example, if a listed company is doing a private M&A deal for which it needs shareholder approval, um, but for which there is no equity raise, the transaction may still constitute inside information in respect of that issuer, and therefore, in order to disclose the potential transaction to shareholders on a selective basis prior to announcement, it will be necessary to walk across investors. That's not technically a market sounding under under MAR, so the disclosing market participant does not benefit from the safe harbour, but we would expect them to follow a similar process and, and you know, frankly, being similarly protected from um, prosecution under MAR uh, in the event that they do so.
Thanks, Mike. And as we start to wrap up, I have to ask the topic that comes up in every conversation, Brexit. How will Brexit affect this regime? That depends. The proposed statutory instrument um, implementing the equivalent of MAR into UK law um, would largely maintain the scope of MAR and retain the notification requirements under MAR. So the changes proposed in those regulations won't take effect if the UK enters an implementation period, or obviously if we stay in the EU. In that case, we don't envisage any significant change into UK market abuse legislation. If there is a no-deal Brexit, or once we're out of the EU anyway, in a market standing for a UK company where the proposal is to also approach investors in the EEA, banks and other DMPs conducting market salaries will have to take into account the requirements of non-UK regulators. Great. Thanks very much both. I think that's it for this week's episode of the Herbert Smith Freehills Capital Markets podcasts. So until next time, if you have any questions that you want answered on a future episode or you just want answered, please do drop us a line at cmpodcasts at hsf.com. Thanks for listening and tune in next time. You have been listening to a podcast brought to you by Herbert Smith Freehills. For more episodes, please go to our channel on iTunes or SoundCloud and visit our website herbertsmithfreehills.com for more insights relevant to your business.